the Actors Dive podcast, episode number 44. I am your host, Lynn Chen, and today I have Billy Green, the founder of the website wittenvinegar.com, a wonderful food blog I've been reading for a few years now, and also soon to be a cookbook coming out next year. I have to say, you are one of the funniest people <laughs> online and I'm wondering I'm very excited to have you here as I sit here in my pajamas with a bunch of cookies between us uh, and my dog gnawing on a bone under our feet and um, I'm very curious if people expect you to be as witty I'm not expecting you to be <laughs> just gonna put that out there but uh, if people expect you to be as witty in person as you are online like um, the same sort of persona. I think there's usually like this like expectation because like I use I mean a ton of bright colors and a lot of exclamation points and um I don't know I think there's a, a, this expectation of me to be like super like bubbly and flamboyant in person and it's actually like really the opposite like I'm I mean that's why like the wit and vinegar exists because like the vinegar is this like semi-cynical part of my humor and so I am witty and I guess it's expected but it's like sort of like quietly witty like okay so yeah. this is like your alter ego yeah where it's like your Sasha Fierce yeah yeah I don't like I don't come into like I don't kick doors in and just start <laughs> you know screaming funny things like it's like I, you know. I want you to, though. <laughs> Just once. I can, okay, well, I'll go into the room. We'll kick the door in. Um, so you moved to L.A., you had said, six months ago. Mm-hmm. How are you finding the transition? It's actually really good. Um, I moved from Eureka, which was, like, everything closes at 8. Um, there's not, like, really that much of, like, a nightlife. There's nothing to do. Um And I actually live closer to, like, the Long Beach area, like, in Cerritos. So it's, like, there's anything I want to do is in Long Beach. Um, Even Cerritos has, like, a ton of good food. And it's just, like, the transition's been really nice so far. What kind of food do they have in Cerritos? What are they known for? There's a ton of Thai. And um, Little India is an artesia. I've heard of Um, Little India in artesia. Yeah. (laughs) And, um... I mean, you could throw a rock and hit a boba place. There's probably, like, in Cerritos Artesia alone, there's probably, I mean, like, 10, 15 boba places between the small area. And um, so I can get boba whenever I want. That's really cheap, which is great. Are, are any of these foods new to you, or they were just things that you hadn't experienced on a regular yeah, basis? I, I don't think they're really new, because we had them up there. It's like... You know, but it's like if we had a restaurant up there, it's like we had one Thai place. You right. know what I mean? So it's like you you didn't really experience a ton of different Thai foods. And it's like here, I mean, there are so many Thai places in just Cerritos alone mm-hmm. um, that there's kind of like that sort of thing where it exists just in much greater, you know, op- options, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. L- let's go back. Back... Oh, like way back from Cerritos okay. to when you were a wee one mm-hmm. in Eureka. Was it in Eureka that you were growing up? No, I grew okay. up in um, part, I mean, like for like the first five years of my life, it was in like Fort Bragg, which is in Northern California. And then um, from like five to high school was um, a small town called Corsgold. Corsgold? Corsgold. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Did you go to Corsgold High School? Uh, no, I went to Yosemite High School. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's even cooler. Yeah. That's pretty it cool. It was like 30 minutes south of Yosemite. Okay. And yeah. what, what were these foods that you were growing up eating back then? Um, 
very much like what you would expect like middle America to cook. Okay. Um, even though it was in California. Um, I mean, that long ago, I don't think California, a lot of areas had like this sort of, you know, farm to table sort of fresh produce thing like we know we do today. It was very much like, you know, my parents, um, divorced when I was in third grade. So I had single parents growing up basically where I, we always had, you know, like three pounds of ground beef in the, in the freezer, you know, at all times. And then that was usually what, you know, dinner came out of. Right. Um, there was a lot of like Korean mushroom soups and noodles and, um, like really comforting foods, I guess. Um, thinking back on, you know, what I grew up with, but I mean, the other thing too is like if I ever watch, like, because I watch Pioneer Woman from time to time, and there's something so comforting about watching her, and it's I think partially her personality, but also because if she were around when my mom was kind of raising three kids, it would be like that's what my mom would cook. Right. And so I find like that type of food to be very like reminiscent of of growing up. Right. Yeah. What um, what do you? Do you still eat those kinds of food now? Do you find I mean, yourself? I still, I mean, I'm one of those people who are like, I'm not ashamed to say like, I'll, I'll have like rice aroni from time to time. I love rice aroni. Rice aroni and rice pilaf, you know? Um, it's great. And uh, I don't, I mean, I haven't had hamburger helper in a really long time. Uh-huh. Um, that was kind of a frequent thing growing up. But, <laughs> um, like, no, hamburger helper more than tuna helper? <clears throat> um. No, my grandma would actually make, uh, like, tuna casserole a lot. That was, uh-huh. like, her thing. Um, and she would do, like, you know, like, the can of Korean mushroom soup or cream of celery and then, like, a couple of vegetables and then, you know, egg noodles. And then my mom and dad would do, you know, um, the hamburger helper a lot because it was mm-hmm. just, like, you have ground beef, you have a box in the cupboard, and you're good to go, you know? So, um, but besides that, I really don't eat, like, a ton of those sort of like ready to go box meals anymore. Right. Do you try to put your own spin on like a more homemade version or is it yeah, just not I, ha- I mean, I haven't had a good, like a good tuna casserole in a long time, but like I will, I would love like a really good tuna noodle casserole. Um, it's just that you make it and it makes a lot. Yes, <laughs> it just, does. You know, you and your boyfriend. Yeah. It all <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I mean, I've tried, there is a, like a homemade version of, um, like hamburger helper, like the cheeseburger helper that I have in my blog from like, oh my God, it's been forever now. Um, but it's like one of my boyfriend's favorite things that I make. It's, and it's and it's just like ground turkey and then it's like chicken broth and like cheese and like this weird mixture. But it's not, you know, just a pouch with beef and noodles out of a box. Like it is all stuff that you would probably have no problem eating, you know, on its own. Is it like spices? Is that what the... No, it Special actually tastes a lot awesome. like the box mix. So you actually don't need that pouch. Yeah, yeah. So, it, I mean, it's it's pretty much the box mix. Just, I guess you feel a little better maybe because it's not out of a pouch, but yeah. So Google hamburger helper mix or not hamburger helper mi- I guess. Well, I, don't, I don't even remember what it's called. Cheeseburger? I think it, it's it's called like cheeseburger or something. Casserole? On the blog. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things too where it was even so gross. Like I, I didn't even photograph it. I actually mm-hmm. just like drew pictures of it because it was so <laughs> not appetizing looking at all. Okay. Well, let's go into the blog a little bit because your blog is beautiful. Thank like you. stunning, beautiful. And the pictures are gorgeous. You take the pictures yourself. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you have a great design aesthetic and that's something you do as well, correct? Right. So what do you think makes a post blog worthy? 
Um, I don't know. It has to be something that I would actually enjoy cooking and eating on my own. I mean, there's been so many things where I've had ideas and I've gone to make them and they're terrible. And so I'm not, you know, I think like two years ago, it was kind of like whatever I could make and photograph quickly and, and throw in there. And like over this past like year and a half, I'd say, like I've really tried to make sure that whatever goes in the blog is something, you know, I would actually eat myself because right. I think there's a lot of blogs out there where they just put stuff up for content and it's like, they probably don't eat that themselves. Right. You know, or you, you can look at it and you're like, you know, that's not good, but it's just something to drive traffic. And mm-hmm. so, um, especially like this past year and a half, it's been definitely like a quality over quantity sort of thing where it's been like, it, it needs to look good. It needs to photograph good. Um, everything needs to be able to, to be well placed on the blog um, and kind of be something I would do if I ever get new cookbooks, which it's been happening a lot because there's been a ton of great blogger cookbooks coming out lately. Um, one of the first things I'll do is I'll actually take the book and I'll flip through it and I'll post it note actual recipes that I would a want to make myself and eat myself and then b ones that I know I can actually style properly and photograph and make into what I would normally put on the blog. So it's like. I'd probably want to make myself like 75% of the stuff in the book, but to actually shoot it and write about it and post about it, it probably goes down to like maybe 10 recipes out of a book that I know I can do that with. Mm-hmm. Speaking of cookbooks, <laughs> can we talk about your cookbook? Yeah. Okay. Is it going to be called Wit and Vinegar? Yeah, it's going to be called the Wit and Vinegar Cookbook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. And you are how deep into it right now? pretty deep um we start shooting actually tomorrow um there's gonna be like a mock-up fairly final version of the cover shot um either tomorrow or thursday and then um we're shooting several of the spreads to send to the publisher to get approval and make sure what i'm doing is what they want um so that i don't shoot an entire book and how are are the so the recipes are done already yeah they're about 75 percent done there's um I think I have like 60 recipes, 65 recipes right now. Um, and I can have upwards of like 85. So I'm still fine tuning some of them to make sure they're all good to go and testing them and everything. But um, for the most part, the recipes are good to go. Yeah. How often are you testing? Every day. Oh my God. It's and and what, and what happens in Cerritos to these leftovers? <laughs> <laughs> With, you know, like the, the perk of... Like, my boyfriend works in an office, so I'll send oh, sometimes okay. stuff with him. That's um, nice. But, I mean, it's one of those things where if you don't know anyone, then it kind of just sits there and you hope that you eat it. Right. Um, what about your neighbors? They must love you. No, there's... <laughs> my neighbors are kind of weird. I live in this, like, complex where it's just, like, nobody really talks to anyone. Oh, and I have bad. two dogs, and there's, like, probably half the neighbors who don't like dogs. So, okay. Um, like and I can't imagine somebody turning away your beautiful popsicles, though. Are popsicles in the in the recipe? Yeah, book? yeah. Okay. There's some because your popsicles are beautiful. Thank you. I mean, if someone was walking around with a popsicle. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, yes, please. I mean, I'm sure they wouldn't turn it down <laughs> if I went to go and offer them some, but um, I just haven't really done that. Okay. Like, I don't know. They give me dirty looks when I'm walking the dog, so I don't want to give them any food. And are your dogs testing any of these recipes? They test um, the dog treat stuff that I've been doing for sure. Because there's going to be like a little dog section. There is going to be? Yay. Yeah. Yeah, So there's, um, right now there's only three recipes because they didn't want like a huge, you know, chunk of the book to be for dogs. But um, 
they've been testing those for sure. And then anything Nomi can manage to jump on the counter and reach, then <laughs> she tests that too. How old is she now? She is nine months now. Oh, she's still a little puppy. Yeah. But she's long enough to jump up and like barely reach the counter, so everything has to be pushed back and right. make sure she can't get any of the food. Wait, so how does that work when you're making a dog recipe? Mm-hmm. Are you testing some of this too? No. You're really not? Uh-huh. So how do you decide what goes into it, how, the flavor combinations, that sort of thing? Um, like, Well, I make sure that there's like cross-reference things the dogs can actually eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Like, I brought the treats for Julius today to try, and those were made with brown rice flour because a lot of dogs have sort of, like, a wheat allergy for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a really good alternative if people do have that. They can usually use the brown rice. Um, and then besides that, it's just stuff that's good for dogs. So there's, like, a bunch of flaxseed in there, um, pumpkin, peanut butter. Ooh, pumpkin, like, like canned pumpkin? Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's stuff that dogs like, and it's all good for them, you know? Sure, you don't want to test it out yourself. I mean, there's no sugar in them. Um, when I was baking those dipped ones last into, night. Dipped into icing? <laughs> they, it's like one of those things where, I mean, there's even like a frozen yogurt in there that's not really sweet because the dog shouldn't have a ton of sugar. Um, and it doesn't taste very good. Um, but the good thing is that most dogs will eat anything. So um, at least my dogs will. Uh, unless it's like a vegetable or fruit. Um, one of my dogs really? is a little picky. But really? Yeah, he won't eat those. But um, Julius will eat anything. Yeah, as long as there's like a carb involved, like my dog will, uh, he'll have at it. Yeah. How, how old's your older dog? He is, oh, he is six now, a little over six. Okay. Yeah. And he's like a big star on your blog, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 he's my, he's my big baby. Yeah. <laughs> how do you find that the blogging world has changed in the last few years. I can tell you that I've definitely seen a lot of changes. Oh, yeah. Your your side Um, of it. There is, like, a lot more bloggers now. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the traffic to sift through is crazy. And, I mean, it's probably, like, weekly where I'm finding a new blog that's been around for a while that's, I mean, stunning, Mm -hmm. that I didn't know about, you know? and. Um, it's one of those things where I'm constantly trying to find people because it's such an amazing community between everyone who does the food blogging. And there's so many of us who are sort of on the same page and sort of doing the same thing. So it's so, it's really cool to be able to find people to, you know, get to talk to who are going through the same thing, who have the same issues with, you know, maybe sponsored posts or, um, different work or something like that. And so it's really awesome, um, to kind of have that community. I think that's another way it's changed too. Um, like even three years ago, four years ago, Twitter wasn't huge. I feel like it was huge, but it, it, it's more larger now. Right. Um, more people are using it. More bloggers are using it. I mean, I use that more than Facebook now. Um, it's a way to communicate with people like one-on-one very quickly. Um, so, I mean, I've even had it where I've talked, I'll direct message, you know, another blogger or a friend if I have a question because it's faster than an email, you know? Right. Um, so I think that's like a big way. And I think the other, like the huge thing that's changed in the last few years is that people I think are taking the blogging thing a little more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe too seriously. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> um, it's just, I mean, it's like uh, sometimes you see people who are having fun and sometimes you just see people who are just cranking out so much content. And I mean, I don't, I just can't imagine that being like, really rewarding after a while. I feel like it'd be really straining. Although there are people out there that can do it. 
um, Jessica from How Sweet It Is. I mean, she's like a powerhouse. She's a powerhouse and she's pregnant. And she's pregnant. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't have a baby inside me and I still think that. <laughs> um, she's, but I think she's like one of the few exceptions to the rule where she's just constantly going. Right. And, um, and I'm sure she gets burned out from time to time because it happens to all of us. But uh, there's people I think that just like are taking it seriously. Some in some ways it's like the writing is like really serious and they're trying to be very like poetic about things and foods. And then there's other people who are taking it seriously with the photographs and um, layouts and everything else because it's becoming more and more likely now that you're going to be making money off your blog. Right. It's like a resume. Um, yeah, basically. Yeah. And so it's not just like banner ads anymore. It's you kind of have to impress someone to want to have you write about their content on your site, you know, so. And how has the blogging community changed itself? I remember when I started, there was like, there was food buzz and there was all these places for food bloggers to come together. And now it's like, I don't know, this is just in the food blogging community, but just in general, Mm -hmm. life now is a lot harder to organize, like a lot harder to get people together and mobilize and sort of uh, share in this community. It's like a lot more self-motivated. I feel like Mm, nowadays, um, have you found you, have you found that to be the case too? Or there was a, you know what else? There was a lot more interaction with readers. Yes. In the beginning. Yeah. People don't, people don't comment as much as they used Mm -hmm. to. I think what the other thing too is like so many people look on their phones, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, when I wake up, the first thing I do in the morning is grab my phone and check emails and do everything because it's like I can do it, you know, when I open. And um, I scroll through a lot of blogs um, in the morning too at that time. And I think it's just one of those things where people don't want to comment on their phone because it's a little difficult. Yes. Um, so I think that's kind of an issue. But then I think the other thing Someone's is Someone's got to develop an app for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and I think people too just... Like people are just very fast nowadays. And it's like... there. I think since there are so many other blogs out there, it makes it difficult to stop and comment on something. Because it's like as soon as you do one thing, it's like... Oh wait! Oh my God! I have to go. Like, there's two other new, you know, things I have to read right now before. And I just or you think, clicked through the link. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to another page. Yeah, and just down that yeah, rabbit hole. Exactly. And there's, you know, if someone doesn't use like opening a new tab sort of thing with their links, it's like, and you just go from one page to another, and it's like, like you said, it's a rabbit hole. You just doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You mentioned before about blogger burnout. How do mm. you handle that? Um, I think there's either like the way where. I've tried it a couple different ways and it's either blogger burnout where you try to power through it or you kind of just accept that it's there and just chill and take a couple weeks off. Mm-hmm. Um, you think like, oh my God, people are going to miss me. And then you have to get on and apologize when you're done. But like in the real world, in reality, um, people aren't like, you know, there's not like a group of people that are sitting around like, <laughs> unless you're like, unless you're a smitten kitchen that has millions of people who come to your blog every month. Like no one's sitting around like going, you know, crying with like, you know, a little altar, you, you know, yeah. you know, you're not there anymore. And so I, the best way I found is just to take a couple weeks off and, um, just don't think about it. Um, like I still, I'll still go on and I'll engage in with other bloggers and I'll try to keep up social media, but it's like, just don't push yourself because I think it's, you're never going to get good stuff if you just, if you're burnt out and then you try to go more. You right. Know? If you're driving a car and all your tires pop, you shouldn't keep driving. You should just like, you shouldn't fix it. <laughs> no, no, surprise. Um, <clears throat> but that's like, that's what I found like the best solution is just to kind of chill and 
and, you know, read cookbooks or read, you know, food magazines or other blogs and kind of try to find some inspiration somewhere. I feel like, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like you and I may have something in common in um, the Barefoot Contessa of um, <laughs> perhaps, I'm not sure if this is, I don't know why I think this is true, but um, are you equally obsessed with Jeffrey? I have a little bit of obsession with him. I want to be them <laughs> yeah. when I grow up. Yeah. I I mean, if I could be Anna Garten, like my life would be complete, you know, like. Um, she has a pretty good life. Yeah. I think she just posted a photo of her at the Into the Woods premiere yeah. on her Instagram. And it's and like, like. It was like a little selfie. And I was like, that looks like a good life. Yeah. And she, I mean, she cooks all day and she gets to, I mean, not only does she get to cook all day, but she gets to cook in an entire barn dedicated to cooking and recipe <laughs> testing. Like, that is like... Is that your dream? Yeah. Yeah. To cook in a barn yeah. <laughs> dedicated yeah. to I mean, cooking. like, my kitchen right now is so small. There's zero light. Everything about it, you know, is just the sad apartment kitchen. Uh-huh. And it's like, she's like, oh, you know, I'm going to go from one big kitchen and walk across my giant lawn and garden into my other barn. And Through the like, herb garden. She's she's amazing. It is you know? pretty and amazing. And she's... It's not one of those things, too, where she, you know doesn't work for it because you know she works for it yes Um, and she also doesn't compromise yeah that's the other thing and it's like her stuff is super easy it doesn't come across as um you know higher than you for using whatever i mean sometimes it's like a little bit but not that much you know if she asks you to use good vanilla from time to time then she asks you to use good vanilla she really asks you to use good vanilla sometimes you know and (laughs) it's the truth you know you should use good vanilla and good cocoa powder and um yeah i definitely think she's like a powerhouse to that I would love to live her life because it's just super chill. Who else are you into in the food world? <clears throat> Aside from bloggers. Um, God, who else? Like the superstars. Oh, uh, Nigella Lawson. Me too. I'm obsessed She's with She's the Lawson. reason I like, so I had a very long history with eating disorders and I think seeing her mm-hmm. on TV, this curvaceous woman mm-hmm. who loved food and celebrated it and was never saying anything about like, this is bad yeah. or anything or apologizing for it right. was a game changer yeah. for me. I mean, she would be, I mean, you'd watch her show and it, I don't know if it was real or not, but she'd be up in the middle of the night eating that, you know, croissant bread pudding. Yes. With zero apology. Yes. Um... She's just amazing. Like, I think she's, like, an idol to so many people. Um, she can say anything, and it sounds she, great. She She'll be like, like, soak your tea bag in water. Yeah. <laughs> and and you're like, she was sing um, to me. Yeah. Well, there was the episode of um, Modern Family. I think it was this last week or the week before. <gasps> and it was like... She was on it? There was, like, an app that he had bought, and it was her narrating how to, <laughs> like, make your um, Thanksgiving dinner. And so it was like... This very sensual, like, narration of, you know, and he, like, has this, like, really secret, like, obsession with, like, this, like, weird relationship with this, like, narration of how to, you know, baste a turkey and, like, everything. It's amazing. (laughs) And um, she, I mean, she was accused of, like, you know, doing cocaine. Like, she was, you know, whatever. And I'm not mad at that, you know? And that's, like, one of those things that's, like, it just doesn't even faze me. And I think she's just so, like, personable, too. Like, I feel like you could meet her on the street and she'd be, like, hey, you know, like... Um, she's not, you know, she's not, can I say asshole? Yeah. She's not an asshole. She's not an asshole. (laughs) Nigella Lawson, not an asshole. Yeah. When you meet, um, other bloggers, do you introduce yourself as wit and vinegar or, um, how does, how do you, how do you navigate (laughs) that? Because I find that I have to be like, I'm Lynn. And then someone else will usually say she writes the actor's diet and someone will know who I am. 
Mm. And then, but that it feels very strange to right. go around saying your blog name. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I usually, I mean, if I ever meet anyone that's another blogger, it's like a planned thing. It's never like a surprise. Or right, like right, right, gathering. right. And when it has been, it has something where like, oh, you know, my name's, you know, I'm Billy. Um, and then usually it's somebody that I'm introducing myself to that's with somebody else that I know. And they'll say, oh yeah, he writes Wit and Vinegar or he writes, he's a food blogger too, you know? Um, Yeah. Usually I'm just Billy. Okay. <laughs> and also, I was thinking before when I said your name, Billy Green, out loud, I was wondering if people sing Michael Jackson. Never <laughs> <to you. laughs> They uh, do not, actually. They should, <laughs> because it's Billy Green. <laughs> I have never actually had that before. I... Maybe it's my we'll age get and like ready. school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, now it's gonna happen with everyone. I had a actually. That's how you should introduce yourself. I'm Billy, Billy Green, Green, not your lover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I had a painting professor actually in college, and she would always say my full name. Um, and she it's a good say, name. She would say Billy Green. How are you doing today? And she, I, there was like she said that every time. Oh, do you know there's an actor named Billy Green? And I'm like, no. Is there? I guess so. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Who is this Billy Green? I don't know a Billy Green. Yeah, I know, right? Well, it, thinking I'm thinking like when you have your own cooking show and you have to join the union and and yeah. you're, and you're gonna have to become Billy whatever your middle initial and name <laughs> initial is <laughs> Green. It's a very <laughs> um, or just Billy G. Or, or whatever. <laughs> or you're yeah. just going to have to become Wit and Vinegar. Exactly. That'll be my <laughs> legal name uh, in a couple years. Wit and Vinegar Green. Yeah, there you go. Um, do you have any aspirations to do any on-camera stuff? I don't know. I um, Like, the book is done in February or March. Like, beginning of March, it'll be, like, hopefully just done and sent off and ready to print. Um, and then between March and July, when the book comes out, like I really want to sort of pound the pavement and explore new aspects of things. And I would love to do some sort of like YouTube, um, thing. Cooking, cooking show? Yeah, like something. I, I just don't think there's that many food people on YouTube, um, that are funny, that are also, there are not, there are not many that are funny Um, that know what they're doing. Yeah. That's, that's the main thing. um, (laughs) There's amazing, you know, um, content on there from like Tastemade and a couple others and, I don't necessarily want a cooking show, but I think something food related on YouTube would be great. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're putting it out putting there, it universe. Out there. Okay, come on. <laughs> and then your line of uh, witty vinegars. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> and um, and then you can cook in your barn. <laughs> there you go. I will. Yeah. That's, one day. That's I'll your have life. A barn. I just yeah. had it planned out for Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll have a barn one day. So um, you mentioned before that. Your uh, your boyfriend works at an office, mm-hmm. and um, I was just wondering what your days look like together, food wise, when he comes home. And um, are, have you been cooking? It's like, actually really bad. Like because I haven't. I mean, if if it was a perfect world, I would plan out. Um, you know, something I would plan out, you know, two desserts and a savory dish, you know, I like every that day. plan Two two desserts. There you go. And, two? Um, <laughs> and <laughs> right now it's more like, okay, let's test, you know, four different desserts in one day and like, don't have time for the savory stuff. That, so it's that like, sounds fine yeah, to me you too. Know, um, so then he'll get home or I'll text him like an hour before he gets home and like say like, what do you want for dinner? You know? you need to help me decide because I can't think right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I don't mind cooking the dinner. It's just by the end of the day, my brain is so exhausted from doing everything uh, food testing wise. That right. It's like, you know, uh, let's just go get something to eat. Because yeah. that's kind of our only option right now. Because I don't know what to do. You need to get out of the house. Yeah. You need yeah. to like change your, because your office is your kitchen. So you yeah. need to step out of it. Yeah, exactly. Do you ever get burnout with the food stuff? Like, for example, like the reason we have a bunch of these crazy, awesome cookies between us right now mm-hmm. is because I went to um, the LA Weekly Sips and Sweets event, okay. which was in downtown LA, where basically bakers from everywhere, from Republic to um, Huckleberry, and like all of these rock star bakers were there. And mm-hmm. there was just so many cookies. And I, like, you know, my grandma, uh, just <laughs> shoved them in my bag because uh-huh. there were just too many. It's just yeah. too much all the time, yeah. too much. And I find it, um, like I said before, coming from an eating disorder mm-hmm. background that um, saying yes all the time gets me in a lot of trouble mm-hmm. when I'm not uh, wanting it. And so I'm wondering, I know because I talk to a lot of actors where that comes from mm-hmm. because it's our job to look a certain way. Right. So I'm wondering from the food blog side of things, from the food world side of things, if you find... That because you said before, people don't eat all the time what they're <laughs> what they're actually yeah. making, and I always make it a point on my blog to be like, I actually didn't eat this, or like mm-hmm. I'm just photographing this because it's like really beautiful. Yeah, but I'm actually not going to eat it because I think it's important to um, tell people that. Yeah, uh, so they're not like, well, how is she eating that <laughs> cheeseburger <Yeah. laughs> and squeezing into that dress at the same time? So, um, I guess my question is, how do you navigate? that for yourself because I don't think people really understand how it, it's like Thanksgiving every day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so how do you navigate that? Um, I mean, there's so much, so many things where it's like, I used to do it a lot where it was like, okay, let's go ahead and um, put all this in Tupperware and put it in the fridge and we'll, you know, eat it tomorrow or, you know, whatever. And I got to the point where, like, all of a sudden my fridge is just full of food and I wasn't Uh eating any of it. And so then I have to clean out my fridge. And so now I kind of know, like, if I'm going to eat something or not. And it's like, if I'm not, then I either try to give it to my boyfriend, take to work, or I'll throw it away. And it sucks to throw it away, but I think it's also kind of just part of the business, you know? Um, You can't expect me to eat everything that I'm making, especially when it comes to a cookbook. Um, I think blogging is, like, a little bit differently, but... I would, I would eat most of the stuff that I did for the blog um, and rarely waste stuff. But with the book, it's like, you know, having to perfect like a chocolate chip cookie for the book. I've made so many batches of chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. I don't want to see on a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> I finally figured out the recipe that I want to do. It's great. But there are so many chocolate chip cookies I did not eat. And they were perfectly edible. Uh-huh. It's like, I can't eat all those. Especially when I'm sick and I can't go to the gym for two weeks. And it's like, right. okay, cool. Like, <laughs> I have dozens like dozens upon dozens of chocolate chip cookies and i just you know they just have to be thrown away and wow yeah i know do you um do you have to get yourself in the mood to taste test something like be in like a good place to have your palate where it is where you need it to be in order to judge something yeah sometimes um like is there a perfect time of day not really. I mean, it's like, I know when I've taste tested too much and I'm just like, I don't want to eat anything else, uh-huh. you know? And so sometimes what will happen is I'll make it and I'll throw it in the fridge or something else and I'll, you know, cause if I have time, there's always time to make something, but not actually taste it. And so 
I'll throw it in the fridge or something else, and then I just, I'll eat it the next day or taste it the next day. Um, and there's definitely times where I know I've had too much sugar in one day mm -hmm. um, if I'm testing a lot of desserts. And so it's one of those things where I just know that I can't eat it, you know, and it's like, okay, put it, just set it aside or, you know, I'll taste one and see if it's a good and then save some for my boyfriend when he gets home and then um, he'll taste them and let me know what he thinks and then that's that's about it, you know. Right. And um, there's not really a time of day or like a mindset that I have to get into. It's kind of just like I'll start in the beginning and do my thing and I know when I've had too much and can't do it anymore. <laughs> do you have a, um, a schedule for yourself when it comes to writing and blogging? No. No? Um... 90% of the time when I'm blogging, it's late at night because I'll spend most of the day shooting and editing and a lot of stuff has to be, you know, baked and then cooled or, you know, something else. And so I can't shoot it for a while. And um, when it's blogging stuff, unfortunately, it, it does go like, okay, it's 90% of the time is in the day and I shoot it and then it's that 90% means that I have to write it at like 11 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. um, lately I've been getting a lot better since I am doing like more cookbook stuff. I've been trying to like weave in blog stuff and the past few posts I've written have been in day, you know, in daylight, you know, there's, it's not dark outside <laughs> and I'm not super tired and I know that I write so much better when it's not 11 o'clock at night and um, I can write, you know, longer, like a little well-written, you know, more well-written. And so my goal is to, not do things at night anymore. Um, especially these last few posts, I've, I've noticed the photos are way better and the writing's way better. And it's kind of just one of those things where I just need to make sure I put the blog stuff first when I'm shooting as it just happens, you know? Did you ever envision yourself in this, not in this specific <laughs> world, but, but, but <laughs> writing about food or, or working in a food capacity when you were eating your hamburger helper as a child? Um, no, I mean, growing up, I cooked a lot. Okay. Um, because with single parents, it's like if they're still at work or they're not in the house, like it's up to me to make dinner because I have a younger brother and sister. And so um, I cooked a lot when I was a kid. And I watched Food Network a lot when I was a kid. I mean, since I was like in seventh or eighth grade, um, I took a cooking class in seventh grade and had a, like so much fun doing that. And then took a culinary arts class when I was in um, high school. I was a senior, mm -hmm. and kind of thought that's what I wanted to do. And like food science was my path that I wanted to take for a very short amount of time. Food science, um, yeah. Like food nutrition, food science, and then you kind of go from there and do food stuff. I guess it's like basically. A, how to go to school, like not culinary school and like still do food stuff. Okay. Um, and so that was kind of my path for a little bit. And then that just didn't happen. Um, but I've always enjoyed food. I've always enjoyed sort of talking to people about food and, and kind of writing those things. And, you know, five or six years ago, this realm that I'm in, that so many of us are in right now, didn't even come close to being in existence. And so it was a little just like out of my mind to think about it you know like it right. was this what i'm doing now um work-wise like i would have never thought would have happened you never when you were starting your blog you never thought like one day maybe a cookbook no well when i started my blog i knew okay a cookbook might happen but i figured it was going to be something where it was going to be sort of on my own terms i would come up with a proposal when i wanted to and everything else but it was going to be something where it was going to be you know a couple years down the road um because I knew it was so much work and just the, the stress and the thought of having to do everything just was like, I didn't want to, you know, at that point in time, I was like, I didn't want to write a cookbook at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of was approached by Hardy Grant to write the book. 
and was like, I don't know if I'm going to have this opportunity again. I know I'm moving. I know it's going to be a ton of work, but um, at the same time, like if I say no to this, like I don't know if they're going to offer it again. I can't believe you did this while you're moving. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So um, it's just been crazy. So having said that, do you feel as though it was as stressful and difficult and as much hard work as you had envisioned it being? Um, it's actually more hard work than I envisioned it being. Wow. I knew it was going to be a lot of work, but yeah. it's like, um, you know, especially as a blogger, when you're a blogger and they approach you about a book or you go out and you do a book through a proposal, you are the whole team. You know, mm-hmm. you are the recipe developer, the tester, the photographer. And you're photographing everything. Everything. Oh I'm God. having the help of... Um, John Melendez, he writes The Candid Appetite. Okay. And he's shooting um, Joy's book right now, her next book. Okay. He's helping This is me. Joy the Baker. Yeah, Joy yes. the Baker. Joy, Joy <laughs> the Baker. Um, he's helping me out. I've known him for a good amount of time now. And so when I found out he was shooting that, um, the publisher basically said, okay, like, this is your budget for an assistant. And I was like, I think I can do it on my own. You know, like, it's going to be work, but I can do it. And they were like, here's your budget. <laughs> like, find someone. And I said, okay, fine. And um, asked John, like, you know, how much he wanted me to pay him and his rate and talk to the publisher and figured it out. And so super happy that I have him now because it's all the work that I've been doing so far has been a lot for testing and everything else. And so just to have a second, you know, yeah. and I, I, um, helped, uh, Adriana, basically I was Adriana's John for her new book. Right, so right, right, right. I, after that especially I was like oh my god this is so much work you know just shooting everything and having to set up every single shot and um this is Adriana from A Cozy Kitchen yeah Adriana from A Cozy Kitchen and um so it was like the one thing where I was like I mean we were done and I was like every day I was exhausted and her she was too and I was like I'm so happy that I have an assistant to help me do this and I realized then it was even more work than I thought it was gonna be like it was just like it's a lot to do it you know for more information about Billy, please visit witandvinegar.com, where you can follow him on all the different social media outlets, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, etc. Make sure to check out his book when it comes out. And while you're at it, while you're online, subscribe to the Actors Diet podcast on iTunes, leave a review, a rating, and visit theactorsdiet.com and say hi. Hello. The music, as always, is by Go Nakamura. Check him out, gonakamura.com.